RTHK News. It's one o'clock. I'm Kenny Hodgart. The headlines. Chief Executive Designate John Lee says his term of government will place emphasis on promoting the SAR's rule of law and judicial independence, which he says are key to confidence in Hong Kong. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority's Chief Eddie Yu says he expects the local currency to remain weak as the interest rate gap between the Hong Kong dollar and the greenback widens further following the US Central Bank's latest hike. And a former TVB employee has been jailed for a year for calling on protesters to damage the broadcaster's signal transmission station in 2019. Chief Executive Designate John Lee says his term of government will place considerable emphasis on promoting Hong Kong's legal system. He said the city's commitment to the rule of law and judicial independence is the key to confidence in Hong Kong and its long-term prosperity and stability as an international financial hub. However, he said this fact had been lost. Unfortunately, this compelling, reassuring reality is often lost in the self-interest political bad-mouthing in international politics and punditry. This is why the sixth-term Hong Kong SAR government will place considerably more emphasis on promoting our legal system and the judicial independence it guarantees, not just to the people of Hong Kong, but also to the world as a whole. A former TVB employee has been jailed for a year for calling on protesters to damage the broadcaster's signal transmission station. Technician Chung Kinwa was found guilty of three counts of incitement to commit criminal damage. The Kwantung court heard that he posted online messages during the 2019 protests calling on others to damage TVB facilities as well as those of the MTR Corp and the fast food chain Maxims. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority's chief, Eddie Yu, says he expects the local currency to remain weak as the interest rate gap between the Hong Kong dollar and the greenback widens further. That follows the US central bank's decision to raise borrowing costs by three quarters of a percent overnight. Mr Yu said that local borrowing costs had remained the same while the Fed had now raised, right, raised rates by 150 basis points following two earlier hikes. As the US raised interest rates again, there will be incentive for market participants to conduct carry trade when the interest rate differentials are sufficiently wide and that will naturally drive funds to gradually flow from the Hong Kong dollar to the US dollar. So it's normal for the Hong Kong dollar to remain on the weak side of our trading band. The Financial Secretary Paul Chan says that under the dollar peg, Hong Kong has a strong buffer to defend the local currency against any capital outflows. But he said the city's exporters may see difficult times ahead. This high inflation rate will be there for quite some time. So the US will continue to increase its interest rate and also reduce the size of its, of its balance sheet. So the impact uh, from a global standpoint would uh, make the economic situation externally deteriorating, uh, perhaps making it difficult, more difficult for us in terms of our exports. An honorary fellow of Chinese University's Asia-Pacific Institute of Business, Simon Lee, said he expects borrowing costs in Hong Kong, in Hong Kong will rise soon. I think maybe uh, in one or two months, the interest rate in Hong Kong uh, will rise. 
Uh, though we see that the HSBC just announced that uh, it will uh, keep the P rates uh, the same, but it doesn't mean that it will last forever. So for those borrowers, they have to prepare for the rise in the borrowing rate. But it's a good news to those uh, investors because they, in the past, uh, they put money in the fixed deposit, which are very low interest rate. Now, it's, uh, I think it's not too difficult to find 1% per annum. HSBC says it will not change its best lending rate and savings rate for its Hong Kong dollar deposits. The bank's best lending rate is currently 5%, last changed in late 2019 when it was cut by 12.5 basis points. The Asian Migrants Coordinating Body has urged the government to come up with measures to limit the working hours of live-in domestic helpers so they won't be overworked and exploited. The group's spokesperson, Iman Villanueva, was commenting after an inquest ruled that a helper who was found unconscious at her employer's home died of natural causes. Mr Villanueva said many helpers work between 11 and 16 hours a day and exploitation can occur because they're forced to live in their place of work. Of course, it's very unfortunate. Um, you know, uh, this is not the first time that uh, a migrant domestic worker has died uh, in Hong Kong uh, while at work. And um, we were uh, somehow hopeful when the government decided to, uh, you know, uh, open an investigation on this, the inquest, I mean. And, but of course, as it turned out, the result of the inquest does not really produce any result that will give justice to the victim. And uh, I think this is a very serious condition. And I also think that this is not an isolated case. And I think this is where the government should pursue. Uh, I mean, from this uh, from this uh, particular case, to to look into the situation of migrant domestic workers who are mostly overworked. Health officials have ordered 60 pupils at a Ho Man Tin school to stay home after half a, half a dozen of their classmates were diagnosed with COVID-19. The outbreak at Poi Ching Middle School involves members of the track and field team who dined together. Overall, the SAR reported more than 1,000 cases yesterday for the first time since April, with 971 of them local and 76 imported. The Centre for Health Protection's Albert Au explained why officials are making the local number their headline figure. This is to enhance the risk of relocations. We want to, previously we have we give a single figure which includes the imported cases and also the locally acquired cases. For the locally acquired cases, it shows the degree or the level of transmission in the local community, which is important to assess the local epidemic situation. A specialist in respiratory medicine says inaccurate oximeters, which measure blood oxygen, can give misleading results, which could be dangerous. Dr Jane Chan agreed that authorities should better regulate such devices so the public can choose the better brands. She was commenting after the Consumer Council called for more, more regulation. Devices have become popular during the pandemic. There are variations in its accuracy. They're the better-made ones and the not-so-well-made so ones. And if the not-so-well-made ones, then it can be very misleading. So I do agree with what was just said, that one has to be very careful in using the oximeter. Overseas, there are, there are for example, the FDA would decide which ones are good and which ones are not approved. In Hong Kong, we do not have such regulations. Overseas, US-led coalition forces say they have carried out an operation to detain one of the top leaders of the Islamic State militant group in Syria. The BBC's Ben Lowings reports. 
Several helicopters were used for the raid early on Thursday morning. Troops landed in an area of northern Syria held by Turkish-backed rebels. The captured individual was not named and described only as an experienced bomb maker. A coalition statement said no civilians had been harmed during the operation and none of its aircraft or equipment had been damaged. In February, U.S. forces mounted a raid in the Syrian province of Idlib, which resulted in the death of the IS leader, Abu al-Qureshi. He'd become leader in 2019, replacing Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. He died in an explosion during an American operation. New U.S. aid for Ukraine, worth a billion dollars, has been announced by President Biden in Washington. It includes additional artillery and coastal defence weapons, as well as an ammunition and advanced rocket systems. The former NATO Supreme Allied Commander, retired General Wesley Clark, said that sending heavy, heavy weaponry would be a difficult process. You've got to get the weapons through 700 miles of contested territory. And of course, the closer you get to the front, the more risk there is to the delivery of the weapons. You've got to get people trained on the weapon system. And every nation's weapons are a little bit different. You've got to get the logistics trained, including the ammunition, but also the spares. All of that has to be brought together. Germany has accused the Russian state-controlled gas giant Gazprom of trying to further exacerbate soaring energy prices in Western Europe after it announced sharp reductions in the amount of gas it supplies to Germany. The company's claim that it needed to service equipment was dismissed by Germany's economy minister, Robert Habeck. He said that Moscow's actions showed Europe needed to win themselves off Russian energy. You may have noticed that gas supplies from Russia were reduced again on Tuesday. If you have the feeling that all the legwork's been done and everything's going well, you're mistaken. It's not over yet. It may be just the beginning, which means that independence from fossil energies and from Russian fossil energies must be pushed forward at full speed. The British Prime Minister's ethics adviser has resigned. In a brief statement, Christopher Geitz gave no details other than to say it was the right thing to do. Here's the BBC's Rob Watson. It's not clear why Christopher Geitz has resigned. Downing Street has said it's surprised. Many will no doubt presume Lord Geitz is resigning because he does not believe Boris Johnson does indeed maintain the high standards expected of a Prime Minister. There's also speculation that he did not enjoy being accused by some MPs earlier this week of having previously whitewashed the Prime Minister's behaviour. Boris Johnson has now lost two standards advisers since he took office. In finance, a short time ago, the Hang Seng was at 21,196, 99 points down on the previous close. Turnover stands at $76 billion. Currencies, the US dollar is trading at 134.23 yen, the euro stands at one dollar, uh, one US dollar and four cents, and the pound is worth nine Hong Kong dollars and 53 cents. To sport, and in the NHL's Stanley Cup final, it took a goal in overtime from Andre Burakovsky to give the Colorado Avalanche the, advanti- the advantage over the Tampa Bay Lightning after game one. The Avs were 3-1 ahead, but defending champions Tampa Bay struck back to level before Colorado edged the contest at the end in their first final appearance for 21 years. 
in golf. The men's third major of the year, the US Open, is about to tee off in Brookline, Massachusetts. However, the Breakaway Live Golf Series is still dominating headlines. During the first Live Golf event last week, the PGA Tour suspended all of its members who have played or signed up to play in the Saudi-funded competition. In the lead-up to the US Open, players have been continually asked about the Breakaway Series. Here's the four-time major winner, Brooks Kopka. I don't understand. I'm trying to focus on the US Open, man. I'm tired of the conversations. I'm tired of all this stuff. Y'all, like I said, y'all are throwing a black cloud on the US Open. I think that sucks. I actually do feel bad for him for once. And here's the response from world number six, Cameron Smith. I'm far from the smartest person in the room and I'm not a politician. I'm here to follow a white golf ball around and kind of see what it does. Football's La Liga has stepped up its attack on Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain over financial fair play. The BBC's Adam, San Adam Samuel has more. Spain's La Liga has stepped up its attack on Manchester City and Paris Saint-Germain by filing a complaint to UEFA about what it believes to be financial fair play breaches. La Liga president Javier Tebas has repeatedly attacked the pair, who he describes as state clubs, and strongly criticised PSG over the huge new contract the French club gave their star forward, Kylian Mbappe. Since then, City have since confirmed the signing of another star striker, Erling Haaland, from Borussia Dortmund. A player La Liga champions Real Madrid were also interested in. Dani Alves is leaving Barcelona for a second time after returning to the club last year. The 39-year-old right-back rejoined Barca in November, five years after he left the new camp for Juventus. In total, Alves made 407 appearances for the Catalan Giants, winning six La Liga titles. He's hoping to be a part of Brazil's World Cup squad later this year. Next to cricket, England's Joe Root is once again the best test batter in the world following the, the release of the ICC's latest rankings. Root scored his fourth century of the year with an impressive 176 in England's victory over New Zealand in their second test. England have won two tests in a row under new captain Ben Stokes and head coach, head coach Brendan McCallum. Here's the former captain, Alistair Cook. The guys in that leadership group have to take a lot of credit for allowing the players to do it. The players are very skillful to be able to then back it up. Now there'll be some tough times. There always is in Test cricket. It's never not going to win every game. But if they if they're clinical in their approach, they keep believing in something. It's amazing what happens when you do grab something and you run with it. And the weather mainly cloudy with occasional showers and a few thunderstorms. Moderate south to southwesterly winds, gusty at times. Current temperature is 29 degrees with humidity of 79%. And the top stories once again. Chief Executive Designate John Lee says his term of government will replace emphasis on promoting Hong Kong's rule of law and judicial independence. The Hong Kong Monetary Authority Chief Eddie Yu says he expects the local currency to remain weak as the interest rate gap between the Hong Kong dollar and the greenback widens further following the US central bank's latest hike. And a former TVB employee has been jailed for a year for calling on protesters to damage the broadcaster's signal transmission in 2019. The news from RTHK. OK! Tokyo! South America! Australia!
Welcome to the 123 Show with me, Sadia Osmani. We kicked off the show with David Bowie and Mick Jagger dancing in the street. I thought that might just get you going after lunch. On the show today, after 2pm, the dynamic duo are back with Chinwag. This week, Kirst, Christy and Yuki offer their advice to new graduates. How to navigate life as they are simmering into adulthood. That is what Chinwag is about today. And after 2.30, we're artsing around again with Andrew Dembina as he paints a picture of the latest local and global news from the art scene. And that's all coming up, plus some great music between now and 2. Oh, 